Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Lou Gowen. Hello, Swaft Nation. Hello, Oliver Davis. How are you, sir? How did you find today's show? I thought today's show was uh, good. It's just annoying that Naya keeps texting. <laughs> just been all day long, hasn't it? Your your constant yeah. conversations with her. It's it's the problem, like because I I followed her back on uh, Twitter, so we've been DMing a lot. Mm. Uh, but then you know she was like, "Can I have your you know email address if you know I can't get onto Twitter?" So sure, and then number followed. Uh, my, we're friends on MySpace now, mm-hmm. Facebook friends, Bebo. And she's just nonstop, uh, you know, really like the, the video. So it was all going well. But yeah, yeah, we're just going. going you cool. basically just message each other, selling each other that you're not like most girls. Yeah, yeah. And a few emojis. Oh, know, like yeah. The, the, the chimp with the, the hands over the eyes yeah. we do. You know, because like, if, if someone tells a funny joke, one of us, the other one will use Which, which happens a lot. Yeah, yeah. We've got that sort of banter. And then uh, the flamenco lady seems to be quite popular as well mm. because of the dance moves so obviously that's all bollocks but uh, <laughs> i so i was i was taken aback by apparently my dance moves were okay she was very impressed with the whole thing like she even said your vocals were good well i think we we all know they weren't and <laughs> and you seemed i i'm i don't want to peel the curtain back too much a bit upset when both me and your girlfriend told you that they weren't good well i think so it's a it's a it's a it's a common phenomenon that people can't really hear how bad their singing voice is and i think that's why a lot of the things on the x factor and america's american idol whatever it's called uh actually go on and think that they have a chance i didn't think my voice was amazing i didn't even think it was good but i thought i could just about carry a tune so when my girlfriend said to me uh when i played it to her and said what do you think she went wow you that is bad singing (laughs) Like I think she thought that I was trying to do it badly, but I was ju- I was trying to do it as well as I possibly could. Uh, but because I couldn't keep in tune, I just had to yell it, and that was my way round it. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, oh. My question was less about the the actual the, the the quality of the singing. Was my thing was it was the timing, and it was you you yeah. weren't singing to the beat, and you missed your cues. I thought I was. But like, so when you were recording it because I, I could only hear you shouting mm. the words I didn't actually hear you I wasn't there when you were recording it um, or in the same room at the very least did you have the song on 
yeah, I had the backing track on, uh, but quite quietly. Mm-hmm. So I was just once I'd started, I so I heard I heard when I should come in, and then I just went for it, and then I couldn't really hear anything else mm-hmm. apart from when I stopped for like two seconds. I was like, oh, that. Wait, wait! I'm back in again. Yeah. So I think that's where the timing became. Might have been a little bit of an issue there, but still, congratulations on the video. I thought it was very entertaining. I've shown it to a few people now. Mm. Uh, We all really liked it. It was very funny. Well, that's uh, it's. It was meant to be a punishment. Yeah, I mean, but it it worked out so well, Mm. and I I like because I didn't see this in the first cut that you did bellowed with laughter when you had the uh, the TNA impact mm. uh, finger in your hand it was a late addition and then you just like just threw it down. you didn't realize you were meant to be holding it and threw it down I, I laughed hysterically at that <laughs> glad you like kicking TNA <laughs> when they're down uh, yeah so I don't know sorry GFW so yeah whatever no sorry impact wrestling so this is October now it is yeah and we've got a pay-per-view kicking off right off the bat so we'll uh, we'll see where things stand don't mm-hmm. know what the punishment's going to be this month well I think people just really like the, the singing aspect of it so maybe we'll just we'll throw up another poll and just see if people want to do another singing task so people always say that and people always like oh do more Kingslayer do more Wanderolly and I th- I'm like as soon as I do it any more than I am right now you're all going to say wow that jumped the shark <laughs> Like, cause how do I? How do I? I put everything I well, thought I was of say, into like, that video. Well, I was gonna say my worry would be if I lost this month and then I had to follow up on that one because yeah. all the all the comments would be just like, that wasn't as good as when Ollie did it. Exactly. So, I wouldn't hold your breath, people, for another uh, cover anytime soon. I think we're gonna change. I want to change it up. I don't want to don't want to have to live up because it went down well mm. and that's good but that causes problems <laughs> for following up let's read some itunes reviews first from the trip master awesome show ollie and luke are the best i love watching and listening to wrestle ramble keep up the awesome work guys yeah you are swaft. that's right we certainly cheers. are cheers trip master Too swaft trip master and belittled shadow says wonder ollie is the best Love the show. Luke and Ollie are both uh, both have great personalities and have more charisma than Roman Reigns. Harsh. I look forward to Raw and SmackDown every week just so I can listen to Wrestle Ramble. Keep up the great work, gents. Needs more Wonder Ollie, though. Speaking you see, of. You think that. You think you do, but you don't want it really. Let's get on with the show. What did you do at the weekend, Luke? Wedding stuff. That was more or less what my weekend was. I went to go see a, uh, the florist. I had my our final meeting with her. She's a very good friend of mine. Actually, I went to school with her, so that was quite nice to have a little bit of a catch up. Uh, and then I was just doing wedding admin. It's mm. it's it's you know I'm three weeks out from getting married. It's uh, it, this stuff's just got to be done. This is all Luke talks about in the studio. When it's, I, you know, it's when, not I, quite when I politely I say, "Oh, how was uh, how was last night? What did you do last night? What did you do over the weekend, Luke?" And they just. Oh. Wedding admin. You make it sound like I'm upset about the whole thing, though, whereas actually I quite enjoy it. Yesterday I got to spend the whole day in front of Photoshop while I was designing our order of service and our table plan and things like that. It's just, it's just exhausting. That's not what you told me. You said, I've made a big mistake. <laughs> uh, I should have chosen you as the best man, Ollie. Well, I mean, I'm not making that mistake. Although, best wishes out to my best man, who is currently in Vegas at the moment. So, um, best of luck, mate. I hope you're okay. I can't even be jokey about that. No, I that know. That is serious. It is serious. Should we get on some something that definitely is isn't serious let us do that let's let's alleviate my mind from things let's let's disappear into frivolity to ignore the wider world and that is your crap gimmicks we haven't done crap gimmicks for about two weeks 
Yeah, I know. It's be, it's because we had so much to do with like we've had reviews. We had no mercy. Mm-hmm. Was it no mercy? It was no, no mercy. mercy or backlash, whichever one it was. And we've, we've had a big mailbag episode. We've had so much fancy booking warfare. We just haven't had time to get through to some crap gimmicks. Yeah. So uh, and and for everyone who doesn't know what a crap gimmick is, it's something that Vince McMahon could conceivably sign but everyone else will hate. Yes. And that's the criteria we're looking for. It's got to be a gimmick that's so bad, but not bad that it will get over with us. It's going to be pretty goddamn bad. So first up, we have Brandon Powell via Patreon. A three-person tag team consisting of two regular wrestlers and one midget. Is that, are we allowed to say that? Within the terms of wrestling, I believe that is fine. Are we allowed to call uh, people of average height regular wrestlers? Um, I, I I think you're trying to make a PC point, but I know uh, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I, uh, yeah. I, but I believe just storm ahead within the within the world the wrestling world the term midget is seemed fine. Um, okay. uh, little person wrestlers are fine being called midgets. So. Cool. Well, that's good. Uh, each man. Well, you see, ah, the rest of the gimmick now is playing on. Okay, let's see what happens. Each man would have an irrational fear of the number three and therefore they would always break up their own pins and never win matches unless by accident. In the weeks leading up to their debut there would be corny dramatic vignettes for each man describing why they're scared of three. Also their team logo on their gear would just be the number two and a half. See now this gimmick sort of works in the sense of uh, especially within your world where you have the uh, the trios championship. What was it called again? It was just called the trios. It was just called the trio championship. Three man tag. So what? Six man tag. Yeah, don't ring want to call it the six man. Did you call it the six man world championship? Yeah. Yeah, because I guess they're six man matches. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to argue with the honor. Trios championship. We can always go with that. But in your world of trios championship, this group as a as a comedy group could Mm. really work, where you have two regular sized I've done that in air quotations regular sized wrestlers and a little person wrestler and that could be quite funny especially if it's like you know like a horsewalker just running in and out the way this gimmick falls down though is why they're scared of him because if they're scared of him why are they a tag team with him no oh who are they scared of number three so they're always breaking up their own pins because they're scared of him no they're scared of the number three they're scared of, of three as a number that's I think that's why there's two and a half of them what? Each yeah, so man would have an irrational fear of the number three. Oh, and so they're breaking up pins because they don't want to hear one, two, three. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm with it now. I'm with it now. And that's why there isn't uh, three regular, and air quotes for podcast listeners, wrestlers there. Uh, that Brandon I Powell see, is and that's why they're two and a half. See, I preferred it when it was just they were called two and a half. You thought there was a a man called number three. Yes, that's like, what. I, yeah, that's number what, two. Yeah, from Austin Powers. Yeah, or the um, uh, the rock profile skit with the Bee Gees. Did yes. you see that one? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's not it's not getting over with me. I don't no. think it's it's either good enough or crap enough. It's in that weird bit in the middle where it's yeah. just a bit of it's just a bit nothing and potentially not worth the offence it might cause. <laughs> possibly. No. Uh, next up from Barnaby Weatherall. Great name, Barnaby. It's, it's a quality name, That's isn't a it? Good name. Uh, via Patreon, Barnaby has also. Got a quality gimmick. I'm re- I really like this one. Here we go. His name is the Beastmaster, and he has the spirits of five animals inside of him. A dog, a bull, a tiger, an eagle, and a dolphin. 
He comes to the ring dressed as a different animal for each match. For example, if he was a bull, then he would come to the ring in an outfit similar to that of the Mantor. When he embodies an animal, he acts like that animal in the ring and makes that animal's noises when he is getting psyched up. The problem is, he can also be beaten by stupid things. Like when he is a dog, he gets distracted when someone sprays water on him or tells him to sit. See, now that is a pretty crap gimmick mm. that's kind of packaged within something that's pretty good that you can work into storylines of just like we don't know which uh, which side of the Beastmaster we're going to get almost like the three faces of Foley yeah but no, really that's what the announcers have been told to play up but no one in the audience will care <laughs> because they will not this is like undercard stuff yeah exactly but I can see Vince going for it because he does have that weird obsession with the supernatural yeah he, he is very much a part of the fantastique mm. so yeah he would probably very much enjoy that I quite like that as a crap gimmick so um, I, it really does work as a crap gimmick because I think you know I could ironically like it up to a point but the last line is what kills it dead in my mind for me because I don't I, I can't remember the match I saw, but I did go to a independent show once where the Brag. guys... Hmm? Brag. Yeah, I, I go to independent wrestling uh, where the one of the wrestlers was a... Uh, was His gimmick was he's sort of a mad dog. Came in on a chain and he would get distracted by throwing the ball and fetch. <laughs> okay. I think it was against Colt Cabana. Well, that would make sense if it was against yeah. Colt, yeah. So it kind of... It kind of worked, but it never really clicked for me because I just thought sometimes comedy goes one step too far. Yeah. And that's weird because I've seen slow motion wrestling match spots and I have gone crazy. That infamous one where they've uh, they've had the whole zombie trance dance. Yep. I love that. And you uh, you were very excited to show me the uh, the Kenny Omega, the hop across the ring, being like whipped against the rope and going yeah. back on one yeah. leg. So for some reason, I like, I don't know... I, I've got no hard and fast rules I think you here. just like Kenny Omega. There's that. Because you, you probably really enjoyed it. You're the opposite of Jim Cornette and really liked mm. him wrestling a blow-up doll. Yeah, and uh, well, that's that's a, that's remarkable. <laughs> Have you seen the uh, Kota Ibushi match with the doll as well? Yes. And uh, they've got the, uh, I don't know what you call it, the Japanese people who dress in black and they articulate the doll so it can oh, yeah, jump yeah, off yeah, things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, I don't, know what, I don't know what their technical term is. <clears throat> but yes, these... Uh, so that last bit about him being a dog and having possessing the flaws of whatever uh, bit they're in, that uh, that really does kill it for me. So I think this has potential. It has potential. A little bit of reworking, and that could be a proper crap gimmick. What What would you rework? Just that last bit, to be honest. It's just that last bit of just that, that he takes on so much of that animal, then he mm. can be foiled. But that's what makes it crap. No, actually, I think that what makes it crap is that he comes out dressed in naff costumes and starts making animal noises. That is a crap gimmick. That is, that is someone who can never get beyond a certain level. Definitely. Definitely. It will kill any wrestler's career. Mm -hmm. But that also has the potential to get ironically over, as it would do with me. And I think this ticks both our boxes because <laughs> that last bit will make me hate the first bit. Okay, I see what you're saying. So I, I'm I'm fully up for signing this guy. I mean, I'm up for signing it as well. As I said, I think there's a little bit tinkering to be done, a little bit of uh, create, like, we put this into the room, mm. the creative writer's room, and we can, like, work some stuff out for him. Also, how would you foil a dolphin? Oh, yeah, they're smart. I mean, it's been they? a while since I've played Echo, so I can't mm. really remember. I mean, there's a big octopus at one point that so you've got a snake past, but uh, that, uh, working that into a wrestling show is a bit hard. I guess overfishing. 
<laughs> um, that that's... horrible practice where you just bash their brains in. I was actually going to say more like uh, the um, ring pulls that you get beer cans in. Yeah, that's isn't that mainly seagulls? Uh, no, I think dolphins can um, get trapped by there it as go. well. well it's trapped around there, right there. Is it a bill or is it a beak? It's a beak, I would have thought. I don't know. But yes, I'm not. I... A, I'm not a not an animal person. Barnaby, I would like to sign the Beastmaster. As would uh, I. Okay, so we're signing it. Yeah, we're signing Wicked. it. Okay, yeah. he's joined the the crap roster gimmick. Roster, crap the crap gimmick roster, whatever it is. Matthew via YouTube says, and uh, yeah, crap gimmick. Mark Indy, this is gonna be meta. <laughs> he he is a mockery of the usual indie wrestler. He does everything an indie Mark would want from a match, but does it rubbish or botched? He misses all his dives. He botches his dives to the outside. His strikes would be hard as nails if they landed. When he does hit a big move, his opponent gets up before him because it calls so much damage to himself from landing the move. His finisher is the least protected move in the company. Everyone kicks out. Roman kicks out at one. His entrance music is a rip-off of a song that WWE don't have the rights to, and his t-shirt is filled with all the common indie chants. Now, if he was going to be a real indie wrestler, he would come out wearing a band t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Indie marks. <laughs> so I think... Uh, and because like one of the criteria of this is that Vince McMahon would entertain it as an idea, and so much indie stuff is going on at the moment that's hurting W not hurting WWE but it's you know it's taken a slice of the wrestling audience pie that maybe he would be petty enough to make an indie wrestler like this. I 100% agree with you. Mm. This is the sort of thing that would very much tickle Vince's fancy because it is poking fun at the stuff that the audience likes. And so that he does these dives, always slipping on the ropes because he's an indie mark and he botches everything. Jim Cornette would probably find it hilarious as well. Uh, I could see this very much getting over with, with Vinnie Mac. And the audience would hate it as well because we are we are wrestling fans who like this sort of style. Mm. And it's essentially making a mockery of that. And that's that in of itself is it's very awful. He would He would also never win a match and he would always be put against physically very impressive wrestlers mm -hmm. and he himself would be I don't know 112 pounds dripping wet yeah, you know, that yeah, sort yeah. of thing uh, long straggly hair yeah totally yeah. jean shorts uh, three quarter length jean shorts mm -hmm. especially if you're going to make him look like an indie wrestler from the 90s yeah because that's yeah that's what I've got in my head yeah that's what I had in my head grungy too. yeah and I said like basically I mean I don't want to say he looks like Raven mm. but he looks like he kind of looks yeah, like, like, like Ray Raven uh, or he looks like me as a fan <laughs> at, th at that age when Raven yeah, totally, was popular yeah. as Raven. Raven's look so popular, just incredible copied it. You know, I think I think this has got potential Again, too. and I think you just remove some of these things out of it, like the um, uh, his strokes would be hard as nails yeah. if they landed you. Drop, take, that, drop bit. that bit. And like if he does a big move, his opponent gets up before him. You just kind of drop that. Sort I of like stuff. that bit. Like such a, such a crazy top rope move Yeah. that it takes more out of him than it does the other person. But I think it'd be more. I think it'd be funny if he never hits those sorts of moves, though. Mm. Or he that, attempts yes, them and just, and, just, and just slips and like. Or, so really, anytime he does do a big move, he never, he never gets it right. He almost sabus it. He he never gets it right. Yes, until he finally hits it. You build that and story. The crowd <laughs> go crazy, but the guy kicks out at one. Yeah. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's, that's that's what the, you do. That's the story. That's there. the payoff, that's and then the, that's the end of the gimmick. It yeah. goes off into the sunset. So yeah, I, I mean, usually I'm pretty harsh on these, but I want to sign Mark Indy. I, I like Mark Indy as well. This is the sort of thing that oh, Vinny Mac wow. would love. Yeah, um, so he's, he's in. He's in. He's in alongside the Beastmaster, which is also a great oh, I wrestling can't wait name. To see that match, <laughs> and and then uh, finally a random guy 
that's their actual name on YouTube, has commented, My cra crappy gimmick idea is a guy that thinks he's part of the arena. Long story short, he dresses as, a, as an object in the arena every week. He doesn't wrestle, he doesn't cut a promo, he just grabs the object he's wrestling as. He's and dressing as. Dre he's dressing as, yes, and never lets it go until the end of the show. I.e. first week he dresses in black as part of the barricade. Second week he dresses in white as part of the ring mat. The, the best, third week, he dresses in red as he's part of the rope. It sounds just more like a spot than an actual. We had two good. We had two yeah. very good ones. Unfortunately, this this is not. This is not a high to end on. It's a. Uh, I mean, I see. I see where they're coming from because there's a rich history of things turning out to be the attacking wrestler. Mm -hmm. You know, like the the great. It always happens. The camera guy in the ring. Oh, it turns out to be Dean Ambrose. Usually, yeah. you throw a rock and you'll hit Dean Ambrose dressed up as a security guy. Being wacky, Dean. Yeah. And uh, then they attack them out of a surprise. I guess this is just a more inanimate way to do that. Yeah, so I get, so when he's dressed in black, he's just essentially just pressing himself up against mm. as if he's part of the barricade. And then hopefully he wants to use this as a way to sneak attack his opponents. Yeah. Only they always know that he's there. Yeah, it's... Um yeah, I don't. I, th I get. I think it's one. It's like one it's, beat it, in a story, and it line. only really works that first time. It yeah. only really works as the barricade. It doesn't really work as the. Well, maybe it does work as the, the mass. Yeah, he's got to stand. No, no, there so for it, a it, while, do, it does work as the barricade. I'm not sure it works as the ring rope. Yeah, the ring rope would be very tricky, but maybe that's where the comedy comes from. Yeah, he's just dressed just, all in red, just hugging holding it. on yeah. to the bottom rope. Uh, there, 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 there's something there, but I think it is more of a spot than than anything I agree. else. I agree. We're going to talk about some news. See, this is, this is something else we've not done in a while, done a news-based yeah. episode, and I like doing the news-based episodes. Yeah, so we both decided to talk about the uh, the Young Bucks versus WWE friction. Yes. Potential, you know, I guess, lawsuit, legal threats. We Cease and desist. Right yeah. So this all started last Monday when the Young Bucks, uh, along with Marty Skull and Cody Rhodes, were... And Hangman Page. Oh, yeah, sorry, and Hangman Page. Everyone always forgets Hangman. And Brandy. And Brandy. <laughs> All right, then, if we're going to name everyone. And a Stretch Hummer. <laughs> uh, they all went over to... They were nearby. I think they were in Las Vegas for the Ring of Honor show Death before the Sona yep. um, Friday night. And they flew over to the... Uh, what was it? The business... Citizens the, business. Yeah, Bank because of the hot topic. Yeah. And that's where Raw was being held. So they were like, we're going to march 10 minutes down the road and invade Raw. Now... Okay, so this whole thing is just like it's their attempt at doing what DX did mm. uh, back in the nineties when they invaded WCW. Difference was WCW were actually holding a show at the point when they were doing the invasion, whereas this Bullet Club one felt they were doing it about ten hours before the event actually started. Yeah. It was so like early afternoon. Yes, yeah, so there were like you know fifteen people there, so it didn't really feel like that much of an invasion. I was, I'd not not knocking the video because I thought it was very funny and it was mm. very entertaining. But I, I think part of the gimmick is that it's meant to be a naff invasion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The, I mean, the opening... But the way, uh, that it, the way that it was put around by people was like, oh my God, Bullet Club invading. Yeah. But it's who, not what it's really... Who would do who that? Who would do a thing would like do that? a thumbnail with Bullet Club? <laughs> That's what it was. That's what they called it. Uh, the... Uh, yeah, like the, the opening bit was Marty Skull marching into shot, just like Triple H did. He and, even did Triple H's lines. Yeah, dressed in camo and everyone, like, everyone there brilliantly was like, what are you doing? <laughs> And he's like, I was doing the DX bit. And he's like, I've never heard of that. We watched it together. We watched it last week. <laughs> so that was fun. It's very funny uh, being the elite. And then, 
yeah, the, the, I mean, what was your favourite bit? I really got a kick out of one of the Jacksons, one of the Young Bucks, just shouting in a, in a megaphone, give us back Finn Balor! Yeah. We're going to come and rescue you! That was good. Although I, I particularly enjoyed the Independence Day uh, speech. That was very funny. Yeah. Independence Day, like, because I know that film almost line for line off by heart because I love it that much. But as soon as he started, I was like, he's doing the, uh, the, the Bill Pullman speech. This was Cody. Cody he stood up uh, yeah. amongst the crowd. But it was funny because there was a bit, you could tell there was a lot of murmurs in like the, the 15 people that were there like, oh, I don't know what this joke is. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, picking up like, oh... It's that speech. I think that's like, the, there was about forty to fifty people there. It was I'm, a sizable I'm, crowd. I'm, I'm being a cynic. I'm oh, a cynic. okay. And um, uh, but then you had the conversation between the Bucks and Brandy, just being like, "Is this the speech from Independence Day?" Yeah, just, just let him do it. Slam run with it. Yeah, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, that was very good. However, um, WWE did not seem to find the funny side in it. Nope. And uh, two days after Wednesday morning, by all accounts, the Young Bucks got sent a cease and desist letter. From WWE about the too sweet. I mean, we probably should blur that out. <laughs> the too sweet. Well, hand we're not in gesture. trouble for it. Yeah. Well, we're not trying to sell merchandise with it. Yeah. So WWE had trademarked the too sweet hand signal with the too sweet because I don't. You can't just trademark a hand signal, can you? No. It. I think it's it's in conjunction with that. So Gene Simmons had this. Yeah. He tried to trademark the devil horns right. last year. I think it was. It might have been the year before. But he tried to trademark that until because he claimed he invented it until people there said, "You're an idiot. You mm. can't. You can't trademark this." Yeah. So that's it's like it's, when Taylor, Taylor Swift tried to um, uh, trademark the letters TS. You leave Taylor alone. <laughs> Why are you always she trying to bring in your anti-Tay-Tay agenda? is an awful human being. She's not. She's, she's a saint. <laughs> and uh, so I guess the, the problem comes when you have the, the hand signal with the two sweet on a piece of merchandise. That's when WWE are going to go, oh, we actually own the trademark for that. They did so in 2015 when they brought over Finn Balor, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, presumably because at one point they thought, we're going to get the club going. We're going to get a proper club going. They did for a bit. No, uh, oh, that was the AJ, AJ Styles. Styles. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because Balor went straight to. Then that was the year before, wasn't it? So yeah. yeah anyway. Anyway. Uh, they so WWE claimed to own the trademark, and this dates. But they argue their case goes all the way back to uh, at the NWO in in WCW and the clique. I guess before then yep. in WWF, as it would have been between Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Scott Kevin. Hall, and Kevin Nash. Yep. They used to two sweet each other. That was their thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's that's their argument. But a lot of people have pointed out that it it just won't it won't hold up in court. No, but then like they've not as Dave Meltzer wrote in the uh, I think he's saying on Twitter or he might say on the Wrestling Observer boards they're not doing this to win a court battle. Then they don't want this to go to mm. court. They're doing this essentially. Ad- they're doing it to make a point. They're doing it to just you know. It's, it's a dick measuring contest and they're, they're showing yeah. that theirs is bigger and that they have the power to kind of stop this thing they're doing it out of spite as actually out of uh, trying to get them to stop doing it yeah it's it's an it's an they wwe have an enormous dick <laughs> and everyone else just, has just got one dick yeah they've got one tiny dick they just have each. they just have indie sized dicks yeah. which are so much smaller in comparison in the world of wwe i mean the joke is going by what i've heard about steroid use <laughs> That's not the case on for the WWE dick. So it it, it really is just like it's it's a cease and desist for the sake of doing a cease and mm. desist. It's just to try and make a bit of noise. The funniest thing I thought from this was the Young Bucks have always been making a joke about how they were waiting for cease and desist letters. That was always been their running gag. Yeah, because it, it stems off Cody Cody Rhodes 
not being able to use the road's name outside of WWE. Yeah. So they boys were saying, we've been waiting for our cease and desist letters, and now they've got one. So they worked themselves into a shoot. Yeah, yeah. brother. Br- Mark Brothers. Yeah, so so what they've... Uh, Young Bucks have behaved very admirably around this. They, I think they realise there's no point even trying to challenge this because WWE would just... Put, you know, take loads of time. CM Punk here, yeah. just like just stretching these things out and just making you spend all this sort of money, needlessly spending all this money. If you want to find out the exact legal tactic WWE are using, go back a couple of weeks ago to Vince McMahon versus Kevin Owens in that segment, and Kevin Owens says, "I'm a I'm a billionaire." And Kevin Owens, uh, Vince McMahon says that. Sorry, yeah, Vince McMahon says, I'm a billionaire, and Kevin Owens, if you try and sue me, the only B next to your name will be bankrupt. Because effectively, I can string this out forever. Legal costs will cripple you. Uh, I speculated at the time that was a direct jab at CM Punk because uh, the the court cases for that particular lawsuit had been elevated just the week before. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, unfortunately, Young Bucks, although they're morally right, especially because they've been using the, uh, the Young Bucks... Uh, sorry, the two sweet signal before 2015 when it was trademarked. Exactly. Apparently, that's the first thing a court would do: would say, "Well, did you use it before it was trademarked?" Yeah. Everyone says yes by quite some time. Yeah. And then. Well, that's it. That, that was the thing is because they're not suing ROH because you couldn't sue ROH because ROH could just say, "Mate, we did it before 2015." Ergo, the the case is thrown out. But they they can challenge the Young Bucks because they haven't got the money behind them. Well, that's it. Yeah, Ring of Honor, weirdly, is actually kind of a bigger company than WWE because Sinclair Broadcasting Group, which owns Ring of Honor, is is absolutely enormous. Yeah. But what the Young Bucks have done is they've put up their two sweet ring tights that they can no longer use, and they put it up for charity. I think it's like well over $1,000 now that's going for. And they've brought out a T-shirt that says 2SW... And then two, like, you know, where you would put the, the swear word mm-hmm. symbols. And then T, which a lot of people have tweeted to us. That looks like two swaft. It does look a little bit like two swaft, doesn't it? So, I mean, we, I, got, first I, t-shirt, sure. I got a lot of I got a lot of tweets about when that yeah. T-shirt came out. I'm sure you were among them as well. I was too busy talking to my girl, Naya. <laughs> I, did I didn't. See, I didn't see any of your. Petty I was gonna. Say, I, I, I was just making I didn't have any, verified accounts. I, I, <laughs> you little blue ticks just hanging yeah. out together. I only. I only reply to people with blue ticks. <laughs> it's, uh, she's DMing me again. Oh, of course she is. Phone's vibrating. <laughs> Damn it, Jax. But yeah, perhaps that could be our our first T-shirt. Is is too swaft with the the hand symbol, mm. and then we can trademark that. As, so we can say that we got there first. Well, I, I actually, um, not that they saw it, but I uh, I tweeted the Young Bucks, well, why not do a a, a three-sweet? Mm. One, two, three-suite. And uh, you know, with that, you would do that. So you would only knock. And for, for podcast listeners, I'm holding my middle finger to my thumb only, and the other three are up. Mm. Yeah. And someone, someone pointed out, no, you've got it the wrong way round. And they put their ring finger on the thumb, yeah, and I looked at that and I thought, oh yeah, that that could be an. No, wait, that's the bad thing, because that is a uh, that is a sexual hand gesture. <laughs> Quite yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I thought I missed a bullet there. <laughs> oh my god, I would have opened myself up to so much. Uh, just you know, you missed- Nia, Nia would not talk to me if you, I'd done you that. You missed a bullet club. Yeah, yeah, yes. nice. Uh, so. Yeah, I think uh, 
what's what's your closing thoughts on Young Bucks and it's all this? Just, it's just a very WWE thing to do. Mm. Triple H is a very proud man of the things that he created. Do you think it's a Triple H thing? Though? It seems like he's a very proud man of the things that he created, and he's very protective of DX and and uh, all that sort of gubbins. You know, there's a reason why every Attitude Era documentary or DVD that comes out is just mostly focused on DX mm. because that's that's Triple H's argument that he was the architect of the Attitude Era and that he essentially created it and it had nothing to do with with Rock and Austin. It was all him. And it was that that moment when DX tried to invade WCW. Was that, that was the moment the was, war turned. That was absolutely no, yeah. It wasn't. Like it didn't even it was just a little bit. It was a fun bit. I was gonna say in in the or the last documentary I think they did the one where they do the Sgt. Pepper cover mm. um, uh, there's a line in there where they essentially say the war started at that invasion but it also ended at that invasion as well like that was the beginning and the end of the invasion yeah there's a or the, uh, the, the Monday Night War a lot of people have pointed out the absolutely astounding hypocrisy of WWE uh, not just the really? not just that the pettiness. That just stuns me. Because they're the, like you said, they did the same thing to WCW back in the day. This was obviously a lot more. This was far better natured, uh, and they're letting Matt Hardy do the delete chance. Like that's a hand gesture. I guess he's not saying delete with it. That's no, how I get around. Yeah. Okay. But my my feeling is mm-hmm. on this, and you you know you say Triple H is a petty man because of things he's created. I think it could be more. Because the young bucks were the ones that got away, the young oh, bucks. Oh, one hundred percent. That's it. Yeah. The young bucks were always like, "We're not going to go to NXT. We can make far more money outside." It was quite a public thing. I think about two years ago mm-hmm. when they rejected a deal. I think I'm getting this all muddled up. And that there was like a Twitter back and forth, and they they even like they did a few quite obvious uh, jabs at them on on commentary on WWE programs. Yes. Yeah. They started. They started to say. Uh, Dolph Ziggler started doing it, having a super kick party. Mm. Oh, the, yeah, the Usos were doing it because the Usos started using the super kick a lot, and they used to scream "super kick party" on uh, on commentary yeah. as a way to say like, "Ha, we don't need you and your super kicks. We'll have our own super kick party with Dolph Ziggler and the Usos." Mm. So Triple H is there thinking, "I am king of the Indies. I am bringing all the indie people in. Everyone bows down to me." Prince Devitt came here. Kevin Steen. Uh, Chris Hero. Enter. And that Kenta, Shinsuke Nakamura. Yep. Cole's just come over. Yeah, I want me the Young Bucks now. The Young Bucks, everyone say they're the hottest act in independent wrestling. And the Young Bucks like, nah, I'm good, thanks for making loads of money outside. And we don't want to have all your creative restrictions. It was a really interesting point because there's a lot of people who don't like the Young Bucks. And I can see why people don't like the Young Bucks because they're very abrasive. People can just find them very annoying. They have essentially gotten themselves over by doing catchphrases that someone else came up with 20 years ago. What, Whatever your feelings on them are, that that's not my opinion. That's what some people think. Um, Dave Meltzer is a, a huge advocate for the Young Bucks. He absolutely loves them. And when people say, it's like, why do you love them so much? Because like one of their finishing movies is named after him, the Meltzer Driver. And people are like, why do you like them so much? And he essentially has argued that what the Young Bucks have done is what every wrestler will be doing in 10 years' time. And just no one's realised it yet. Which is they have used... They've done what some wrestlers have tried to do in WWE. It's what Zack Ryder tried to do. Hmm. Uh, was it like three or four years ago now? Five years ago with Z True Long Island Story. Of trying to get themselves over using social media. And WWE kind of squashed that down. The Young Bucks got themselves over through social media by using Facebook, using Twitter, using YouTube. And created this following where now they can just get bookings all around the world. Because they're the Young Bucks. They're the most talked about tag team in all of, indie, uh, in all of professional wrestling really. 
and as they've all done that's all the hype they built themselves mm. using social media and Dave's right in that every wrestler will be trying to do this in the next 10 years where they'll just get their bookings through the buzz they've created themselves yeah totally and they and they're a fantastic team. so good like their ma- yeah. their actual matches are so much fun uh, if you're a fan of traditional um pace psychology and selling um i guess you can have an argument where it isn't but for me and i am a fan of traditional you know well paced and selling and stuff and i think they do it in their matches but they have so much stuff on top of it that people sometimes don't see the actual solid fundamentals that are going on underneath. I agree. Uh, But yes, we are big Young Bucks fans. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Other news. We've got, uh, do you want to take this one away? Because you did the WrestleTalk News episode on this. I certainly did. So this was something that they'd been talked about. Apparently has been in talk since like uh, as early as July uh, this year. I, and I, I think further, 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 ago, further yeah, ago. Because yeah. I thought they were going to do it this year. In all fairness, but uh, Meltzer brought it up again in the the Wrestling Observer newsletter that WWE next year are looking to do their first ever female Royal Rumble, a women's wrestling Royal Rumble. So mm-hmm. the Rumble next year, we're going to have 
the 30 female rumble and we'll have the 30 man rumble they never said 30 no but i i said on the episode that you could quite easily do 30 Mm, mm. um because you've got at the moment 19 uh female wrestlers between both brands which i know that's something that number seems huge i was surprised at it myself because it doesn't feel like there are 19 uh, 19 women wrestlers in wwe overall but there are Hmm. but that does include things like summer ray and Paige, who are well, Paige is returning soon, apparently. They're both medically cleared. Yep, and Summer Rae should be back at some point soon to do whatever it is that Summer Rae does. And so you've got 19 there, and then you've got women you can bring up from NXT, not as main roster debuts, but just be like, hey, mm. oh my God, it's Peyton Royce from NXT. She's entered into this. And then you can do the returning faces, comedy characters, things like that. I made a joke about Santina Morella when we did the news episode. That would be great. Someone suggested I should have put Wonder Rolly in that instead. Mm. I was like, that's a much better joke. I wish I'd have thought of that myself. Um, but you know you, you can easily fill up a, a 30 woman rumble and I think that if you are going to do a women's royal rumble it has to be 30 it can't be anything less because what you don't want to do is say that by the men that's 30 but the women that's 20 that's just a much lesser version of it I you know I disagree I think so I'm not um, for these I never thought the because I Helena Cell Money in the Bank I would prefer those pay-per-views just have one titular gimmick match you know, so Hell in the Sound in a few weeks' time would just be... You could just have one of those. Uh, Money in the Bank now only has one ladder match. That's two now, though, because you have the women's and you have the men. Oh, yeah, now it has the women's as well. But that was five rather than seven. Yeah, but there was only five and in the men's. In yeah. Was there only uh, five in the men's one? No, I on, honestly can't remember who was in it. So I... The idea of having two 30-person rumbles on the same show... Which, uh, you know, like, what's that, like an hour long, uh, 45 minute to an hour long match each. I'm kind of, there's only so many spots you can take in, in a night. And I would, I would prefer just from a, to make each one feel better. I think you don't, to make that happen, you don't have them at equal footing on a numbers standpoint. I would prefer a 15 to 20 woman rumble. So all the people who are going in are pretty big and you get a few fun surprises as well. And then you, you do the 30 man Royal Rumble for the main event yeah I mean there's certainly an argument mm-hmm. for it uh, I just I really like Royal Rumbles I love Royal Rumbles too and especially for surprises mm. because one of the rumoured names that Dave Meltzer said that's talks for coming back is Caitlin now it's funny we talked about this last week I think mm. when we were talking about this news story I was watching WWE when Caitlin was mm. uh, was wrestling and when she was champion I can't tell you a single thing about it. I can't tell you a single feud she had. I can't tell you a match that she had. I can't tell you when she won her title or what she did. Mm. I remember literally nothing about her. But I was because I, I yeah. then assumed ah she must have been wrestling in that dark period when I wasn't watching like 2004 and 2005. But no, it was like 2000. You said 2013. It was. 2010 to 2014 maybe 2014. 2011 2014 I was well watching by yeah. that point why don't I remember a single thing about her this is yeah because when you said that you were like so when did she wrestle <laughs> I was like like pretty relatively recently Relative, she's not like uh, it's in the last 20, it's in the last three 10. years yeah um, I just honestly don't remember yeah but uh, I'm a big Caitlin fan always was big fan of her since <laughs> not, not in the set not, gonna, in the, not in the hack thing no, I just thought she was very pretty always. Because the the thing, the reason I bring this up is because one of the stories, uh, one of the former WWE writers, Kevin Eck, once told a story where he pitched a 
sort of a new faction with Cody and Damian Sandow and Caitlin to be this this trio, and maybe it will play in some brother, brotherly feud later on down the line. And Vince McMahon shot it down pretty much and effectively said, Caitlin is not attractive in the slightest, she's too muscular, blah, 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 piggy face, whatever. And then when the Bellas came back, I think some, uh, there was like a backstage skip between uh, one of the Bellas and Cody. And after that, Vince was like, no, we're not doing that story at all. Because if, Co if one of the Bellas showed interest in Cody, why would he ever show any interest in Caitlyn? And then ever since then, I was kind of like, oh, no, I'm on, the, I'm on Team Caitlyn mm -hmm. rather than Team Bella. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think she's, she's cool. I mean, she seems cool. I, I maybe, I mean, we have the network. Maybe I'll try and find a pay per view that she appeared on. I don't think you're going to find any classic. <laughs> well, no, but it'd just be nice to be able to see a Caitlyn match mm, mm. because I probably have seen one. I just cannot remember it. Who did she? Who did she win the title off? <laughs> <laughs> who did she lose it to? <laughs> Rest my case. <laughs> uh, yeah, and unfortunately, this is one of. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the wrestling. I was just a fan of her as a, a character, and. Um, yeah, but she, she has had a big body transformation recently. Like, if you talk about women who look different to the norm, mm. you know, Charlotte's more muscular, uh, Nia Jax, of course, has her own thing going on. To bring in Caitlyn with the way she looks now, she, you know, she's like bodybuilding enormous. She'd be absolutely yeah. awesome. Oh, because she looks great, and mm. I think that would be really good because what you want from a women's division, similar to the, 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 the man's division, sure. is a, a wide range of body types. You want big, you want small, you want large, you want, you want skinny. You need all of those in there. Mm. That's why I'm a big fan of people like Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe because they, they just look different to a Randy Orton or to a Brock Lesnar or to a John Cena. They all have like different body types in there and that makes it more exciting to watch and I think the same needs to be uh, for the women it's why one of the reasons I'm a big big actually a bit of a mark for, for Nia Jax I'm coming up yeah. she's come a long leaps and bounds and not just because you're now Bezzy well, yeah, should I, should I, I mean I'm, I'm not in, I'm not going to jeopardise my friendship with Nia <laughs> no. I'm not going to introduce you no. no but I was listening to her actually it's funny enough I was listening to her podcast with Jericho last mm. week I'm going through my big I, do you know what, I've got like a hundred odd podcasts that I've not caught That's up too on too many podcasts it's, it's far too many I'm subscribed to like 45 different podcasts mm. and then they just they build up week after week and I'm like oh no I need to try and cash up on these I'm some working of on... those post three times a week <laughs> no so I've got to try and catch up on some of these podcasts I'm, I'm, I'm actually now up to date on my Talk is Jericho mm. episode just finished the Drew McIntyre one which is a very good episode and the Nia Jax one was great she was really really good on it um, so that's Royal Rumble the next of the big four though chronologically is Survivor Series now should we do you want to try and think what's going to happen because usually by, by the middle midway through August last year we all kind of knew it's going to be Goldberg versus Brock WWE 2K17 at the time all ties in that's going to be your main event and then be in the months after you got a sense of oh there's going to be a Team Raw versus Team Smackdown it was the first year of the brand split and then they fleshed that out with just every possible division going against each other five on five with the tags and the women and the men in that fantastic men's match so good yeah uh, but where like all the big matches I thought they were setting up for Survivor Series they've spunked on the B pay-per-views leading up to it so Lesnar Strowman uh, Cena Reigns the Shane, Owens Shane, and Shane yeah, McMahon yeah, yeah. match and Hell in a Cell. Like, those all scream Survivor Series to me. But now, 
I don't know. What what do you think we've got? Well, I mean, I think we're to? more likely we're probably going to get our, our traditional five on five. You do your Raw v SmackDown match yeah. where the winner means absolutely nothing. It's just it's a fun match because mm. I mean, really, what what did SmackDown gain by winning last year's Survivor Series? Yeah, that, that that's always been the problem. It's like when they used to do uh, the bragging rights pay per view, where it's like, oh my god, it's Raw v SmackDown. Yeah, and then you're mm. like, cool, but what did they win? What did this lead to? It led to now. It should the, be like the winner of. Yeah, there should be something at stake. Yeah, like like first pick in the draft next yeah, time it comes yeah, round, yeah. or like you know you get more stakes and something like that. Just anything really. Mm. Um, but the the maybe they'll actually do that this year. Maybe they'll put something on the line. Maybe that's what they'll build the pay per view around. Um, but there's the news. Uh, is there any news coming over? Like, on, on if anyone's coming back, or like well, we've we, we got some names we're going to be getting. Yeah, originally. It looked like C- everyone was reporting Cena isn't going to be around because he's shooting the Bumblebee movie. Transformers spin-off. Bumblebee. Someone said, God, Ollie says that a lot. It's because you have to. Uh, I have to. Uh, I guarantee you that movie will be called Transformers Bumblebee by the time it's yeah, released. Yeah. And the... So originally he was reported as missing Survivor Series. He's not going to come back to Royal Rumble. Some people thought Mania. Yeah, even further. Especially after how No Mercy ended with his match. And Meltzer said last week that Cena is booked for Survivor Series now. So that's the thing that's happening. And then uh, the this morning on Wrestling Observer Radio, Meltzer also said, oh, and Lesnar's booked as well. And that he was not meant to be back until who who knows when. WrestleMania again, I think. They think they, yeah. he was going until like, at least the Royal Rumble leading into Mania. Yeah, like road to WrestleMania time. So now we've got both Cena and Lesnar uh, there. Maybe that's... I, I never thought of that. Maybe a Cena Lesnar match. Ah, do you know what I think? Lesnar goes over Cena. Actually, I think I, if I were fantasy booking this, I would then have it as you are going to do this Raw versus SmackDown match, but it's the teams vying for John Cena because he's that free agent Ooh. that can bounce between it. So you then have Cena appearing on both Raw and SmackDown, get those rating bumps up, mm. and then you have both teams trying to get Cena to join them. See, logistically, it seems to me that Cena is only back for maybe a week before Survivor Series and then Survivor Series. Yeah, but even that, you, you can't you, build anything. But you can still it. build that, like in terms of storyline, without Cena, mm. you could do that sort of thing. Maybe you just do it as backstage vignettes. Just goes to his yeah. place and record some stuff there. Um, there is there are sort of ways around that, and then you can then use that Survivor Series match to build on whoever Cena's going to face at the Rumble or at mm. WrestleMania. Perhaps like, he'll finally join SmackDown. And then a member of the SmackDown crew turns on him and, and hits a move, and Cena is pinned. And that yeah. then that sends Cena off packing for a while. And then Cena can come back and be like, you screwed me uh, at Survivor Series. Now, let's, ha- let's have a fight, you and I. If I'm on Team SmackDown, I know, I know you want higher ratings, but in a kayfabe wrestler uh, point of view, I don't want Cena on my brand. <laughs> I want an easy path to the championship. <laughs> Especially if you're like, uh, yeah, Mickey James is on Raw. I was trying to remember yeah. who, who he's had affairs with. Oh, okay. Um, so you, I, I think that that could certainly be work. And then you, in terms of uh, opponents for uh, Lesnar, mm. Balor cut the promo on Raw last yeah. week about yeah. how he's going for the Universal Championship now. So I wonder if that that's his next stage. Well, it, it's obviously four more weeks of Bray Wyatt. And then maybe <laughs> he moves on to Lesnar. Do you know what, if, was it you that said this to me? Or was some podcast I was listening to that said that the... Um, when uh, Bray sings the, this was me. Was it you that says well, you got me. the whole world? It's like a, it's a, th- a respect it's a, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like you beat me, fair play, nice one. As opposed me. to like we are continuing this feud. Yeah. Oh, thank God it was you. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hope that's the case because I don't think we need to see much more of that feud. But the announcers didn't play it up at all. No. And they really needed to. Or if that was the thing. I think in a form of tag team now. What? Okay. Well, this. I mean, if we really went fancy booking crazy. 
there are loads of great factions that you can hodgepodge together into a Survivor Series match. You could have Bray getting the team back together of Luke, Eric, Braun. I know, just bear mm-hmm. with me. Uh, so it's them four versus AJ Finn and Gavin Anderson. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd happily watch that. And match. Shane Absolutely. McMahon would probably be on one of those teams as well. <laughs> find a way. He always does. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you're going to continue the the Wyatt thing, maybe it's Survivor Series. You do it as a, as a triple threat. You do mm-hmm. Wyatt, Balor, and Brock. Why? Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just guess to, you just, could do that. And that actually, then that shakes up the the, the Brock formula, mm-hmm. and that adds a little bit more into it of just you know I, he doesn't have to be pinned to lose, which they did at the uh, at Survivor at SummerSlam even. But it just adds because you now got the Balor and uh, Wyatt thing in there. Mm-hmm. That'd be quite interesting. That could be good. And I think the the I've heard Samoa Joe versus Braun Strowman. That's what Wrestling News World is saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if they're gonna do that because you've got um. You've got TLC before you've got Survivor Series. Oh, of course you have, yeah. The Raw pay-per-view. So that might be at TLC. Uh, of course, Asuka's going to be around. The Shield are going to be reuniting. I think, you know, a Shield yeah. match makes sense at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. So there are big matches there that you can do. Matches, but they're not like mega drawing matches. Well, you haven't got, I mean, Brock Goldberg last year. Yeah, it depends. That's on who, another level. It depends on who you have the Shield facing. Because if it's the Miztourage, mm. then that, that doesn't exactly feel like a big money drawing thing. But if you had, say, uh, the Shield versus, well, I don't know, the club. Yeah. Like if you had it as, as a, a Finn, Gallows and Anderson, that then feels like that's a big money thing. Definitely. The, the the only one we haven't mentioned that's been speculated on for ages, but th- no one seems to know where it is. They definitely been building towards it is the four MMA horsewomen of Ronda Rousey, Jessamine Duke uh, See I've been called up on this um, because uh, people say that I say the name wrong. Oh how do you say well, it? Appa- well I say Duke as well mm. because we are British and it is Duke but apparently because it's an American thing it's Duke Duke? Yeah because The someone, Dukes so, of Hazard. Well yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, we, oh, really? we, we would say the Dukes of Hazard, yeah. as I was having. A, I, but the Americans would say the Dukes of Hazard. Oh, never knew. Jessamine Duke, then yeah. uh, Marina Shafir and Shayna Baszler. Yes. So uh, those those are the MMA four horsewomen, and they would take on Charlotte Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Becky, Becky Lynch, Lynch. <laughs> the, the forgotten four horsewomen. Yeah, yeah. That that to me, that's your biggest money draw from a, a mainstream perspective because you've got the star power of Rousey there. Yeah, and if rumours are to be believed, we're building up towards a Charlotte versus Rousey match at mm. WrestleMania. If Charlotte's going to win the title from Natalia at Hell in a Cell in a few weeks' time, and then she'll keep that title up until WrestleMania, and then have that match with, with Ronda there. So you could do building up towards WrestleMania, rather than doing the four-on-four, four-horsewomen versus four, four, four horsewomen, you could do Rousey and Charlotte at WrestleMania, and then on the undercard, the other three versus the other yeah. three. I, if so they artificially if, extend this out, if they get the horsewomen as a four on four for Survivor Series, though, I think you that's your main event. Oh, that is a main event, absolutely. Yeah. And that, like, as a, from a mainstream press and positive press, and all the stuff they've done with the women's revolution and how Stephanie McMahon founded women's wrestling. <laughs> no, the Bellas did, and the Bellas did. Yeah, they yeah. helped her out. They trained her. <laughs> Um, and and uh, May Young was, uh, I yeah. don't know, she I mean, built the school. Well, she she wrestled for a hundred years. I yeah, think, I think that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the official WWE story. Minimum, and <laughs> minimum. Yeah, that, like, and she de- she definitely didn't hustle men and beat them up in to, hotel rooms. To have those those eight women in the main event of, as one of your big four as well. The only time the women main evented uh, 
a pay-per-view before was Hell in a Cell, funnily yeah. enough. Around the same time last year with Sasha Banks and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And they had... In a, their never-ending feud. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I miss those days, actually. That, that you was... know, like when you miss crap stuff that you were living through. <laughs> that that was my match, like ten of twelve, I think, in terms mm. of that feud. And it was it goes back every two months. Yeah, usually when Sasha Banks has to defend it, <laughs> or when Charlotte's on pay per view. And finally, we've got a very uh, small bag. We've got small bag today, a mail bag from Phil Stopford, who's got in touch via Patreon. This is a, a long one. It's one of our fifty dollar backers. Yeah. So his question gets uh, fast tracked was meant to be last week but uh, it's kind of sort of slipped through the gaps mm. it's kind of it's, a, it's an admin error on my part I thought we'd already done a Stopford question I've apologies to Phil Stopford now uh, Phil uh, next Britain's next top model Phil Stopford is his full wrestling nickname I've undertaken the task of watching every WWE pay-per-view ever that was written in capitals starting from Wrestlemania 1 in 1985 by the second pay-per-view main event Paul Orndorff had turned face and was insanely over with the crowd at the time it got me thinking as to why he was never given a run as world champion in any company so with all the awful champions that have been dumped on us now by the WWE way before they were ready and no one cared about them Jack Swagger for example who do you both feel should have been given a run with their company's world title because they were super over either loved or hated any time period any company also side note the crowd at Wrestlemania 1 and a few other events were happily chanting ball s word to the screwy finishes of some of the matches never noticed that from old pay-per-views yeah crowds have always been rowdy at uh, wrestling events you, you did this, didn't you? You watched every WWE pay-per-view. I certainly did. Way back when. Mm. It feels like a long time ago I started this, uh, that have journey. You finished? Where are you at? I don't know. I think I might have given up at one point, you know. I think I got... you're watching Star Trek Next Gen now. <laughs> Star, Star Trek Which Next Gen. probably longer. Well, yeah, I know, but I'm doing that 40-episode thing yes. where you, watch, you, you only watch the key episodes and you essentially get everything you need to know from Star Trek The Next Generation. For about 20% of the overall output. Yeah. Um, uh, I, but I think I got to a period in... I was definitely mid... Uh, brand splits mm-hmm. first time round so I think I think Punk had just got into ECW I think that's more or less where I got to but then like other things got in the way and I, I started working here and a wedding a, a wedding and stuff like that yeah so I, I haven't had time to kind of like continue my journey which is a shame because I, I, I went through a rough patch of watching some mm. ghastly pay-per-views but I kind of see like a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel and things appear like they're going to get better soon yeah, when the shield. Oh no, it's still. There's still a few years off yet, mate. And there's twelve. There's like eighteen pay-per-views a year. Tell us when you lose interest, Phil, and uh, you'll probably get. Uh, it's it's very respectable, I'll, I'll, however far. Yeah, you get. I'll be honest. You'll probably get very bored around the new generation periods. Mm. There so, was a reason why no one was watching. So, uh, people who were never made champion for their company, uh, I've I've uh, written down Roddy Piper. This, this was not... So I didn't live through this period. I only know stuff in retrospect, but that's always the big name that's thrown around as these. So I thought we'd better say that to get out of the way. Yeah, Roddy is always the, the, the classic example given. Like He had multiple uh, chances. He had multiple chances in WCW as well, and mm. I don't think he was ever champion there. He was. Although it's hilarious because he won a match against Hogan. It's a bit sketchy in my memory here, but I'm pretty sure he won a match against Hogan at Starcade with the sleeper one clean mm. and everyone was like oh my god he's world champion now but apparently that match was not a world championship match even though it was it was billed in like the the run up to it as a world championship match and then this is the actual match itself that is wasn't scary. a world championship match um but someone else from that era who i've uh, written down here is jake roberts yeah 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 the snake absolutely like mm. so over jake the snake 
and such a great wrestler as well. And and a great DDT was super over yeah. before that was just a transitioning DDT. DDT. So the problem with this is that that era back in the 80s and very early 90s, very few people, or in fact, all of wrestling before that time, before the early 90s, people who held the championship were a very rare breed. Mm-hmm. And th- that's like the example. You've got Roddy Piper, Ted DiBiase, uh, Mr. Perfect. No, but none of those ever held the top title because you just have your top two or three guys trade the belt and they would have very lengthy runs. Whereas, as you alluded to in your email, nowadays it's harder to find these people who have been ignored because mostly not everyone because Cesaro has yet to win a title but like there was the period of Sheamus and Jack Swagger mm-hmm. where they were just giving out world titles and I think that a lot of people now a lot of wrestling fans now seem to think that that's the norm mm. because we get this a lot with people like oh he should have had a world title it's the you deserve it thing they should have been world champion by this point because they deserve it we we get a lot of messages asking why there isn't a Smackdown uh, why, sorry why there isn't a women's tag team division because it would give the women something to do and I'm like mm. we don't need to give them a belt for something to do they can just feud amongst themselves while they're not fighting for the title. Like, feuds don't have to be over belts all the time. You can just have feuds, and you don't need to have... No, no one, no one, not everyone has to be a champion. And fewer titles mean those titles mean, mean so much more. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you sort of shortchange future importance by either having too many titles or titles that are handed around a lot. Yeah, look so, at the, the European and the Hardcore Championship. Mm. Like, the Hardcore Championship... Oh, yeah, the European Championship. I mean, like, it just changed hands willy-nilly. But like, that, that was the gimmick. The hardcore one was fun. The, the, hard, the hardcore one eventually became just a bit of a gimmick, but it's not like you, you name me a, a memorable hardcore title run, exception of Crash Hardly. But Crash, held, but, Crash, but Crash held it for a long time. Uh, so um, in terms of present-day people, I have written down uh, Wade Barrett yeah, in WWE. Particularly around that Nexus era. Mm-hmm. I'm still amazed to this day that he was never WWE champion around that point. Because he could have credibly... It, they were so over. It was such a impactful angle that if they won the SummerSlam match and then he beat Cena at the next big pay It was Randy. It was Randy was champion. Was it Randy? Yeah. He, like, he could have got it. And I don't think anyone would have felt like the Seamus Jack Swagger thing. Oh, like you've been given this very early. Because Seamus and Jack Swagger, that was almost within a couple of months within each other. Seamus was the gimmick. that It was like he, he was the rookie. I think John yeah, Cena yeah. was like, I'm going to give uh, a championship match to someone who's never had a championship match. Seamus won it and then won the title. Mm. Didn't really win the title. He sort of pushed Cena through a table. It was table. a table match, yeah. yeah. And uh, Cena essentially fell through it. But how Wade Barrett, it, like he could have genuinely just gone into that role if he'd have won the championship at whichever pay-per-view it was when cena was the referee mm. um and and won the championship then it would have been the most i wouldn't have gone like that's too early to put the belt yeah. on him because at that point it felt like he should have been champion and especially the night after that miz cashed in and won the championship and miz was not at that right he was not at the mm. level to be a wwe champion at that point and um, i mean to be honest he wasn't a world champ like wwe championship material by the time he got to bloody wrestlemania when he was defending against john cena and barrett he just carried himself like a star as well he felt like a main eventer immediately yeah uh, so, so yeah, a, yeah, wade would be my pick absolutely yeah. i mean i've written down mr perfect uh, in my list because i'm a big mark for for mr perfect and i always felt there regardless when he went to wcw he could, probably could have had a, a bit of a championship run there speaking of wcw and actually early wwf scott hall yeah. Razor Ramon, yeah, 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 Razor yeah. was so over in WWF, and then he was probably even more over. In fact, he was more over when he went to WCW as part of mm-hmm. the NWA. Considering that Hall and Nash both got title runs, 
out of the NWO. Scott Hall never did. He had lots of championship uh, matches. I mean but Hogan. And what, what did I say? Oh, Hall, Hall. Yeah, Hall Nash. Yeah, yeah. Hogan and Nash. Do apologise. Um, but yeah, Hall never did, and that was, that's a real shame because Hall mm. was such a great talent. I know he had his demons in his later years in WCW, but in his earlier run, absolutely. Like if, if he'd have held the world title, you wouldn't have gone like Scott Hall. Are you kidding? Mm. Absolutely, because he was over like Rover. But th- in that era, like he was such a solid intercontinental star. Like that's that's the level. But, uh, that... well, yeah, but he should have been so much more than mm. that. And that's kind of like that sort of WCW glass ceiling thing that they always had. It's why guys like Benoit and Jericho and Eddie never got any further than they did because they just sort of pigeonholed him. In all fairness, is what WWE do now. Yeah. Like the only, there are only a handful of people that you're like, well, they, they're they're credible main event talents now. Jinder Mahal. Because they are essentially just said, like, these lads here are your main eventers, and then everyone else is just undercard. You've, uh, you've got some TNA names written down here. I certainly have, yeah. This, this harkens like back to, to hear. This harkens back to my, my era of TNA, which was like 2004 mm. till about 2010. I think that's when I was super into to TNA. Um, but Hernandez, at one point when he was super mechs, when he'd kind of split away from LAX and he had a singles run, he was so over when he was in LAX, mm. and then it was like just as over when he got out of it. But they just kept putting him in these naff feuds with like Matt Morgan and Crimson and all these like, jabronis that just really like just just pe- just kept pegging him down and after a while it was just like yeah no Hernandez is like he just felt like he was going to be a main eventer it's the same with Chris Harris of the two of, of America's Most Wanted Chris Harris was the one who felt like he was destined to be a main eventer and he really should have been he had like a great uh, series with, with Christian after I think Christian wasn't champion at that point and it was like this is it this is this is Harris's ascension into the main event then he left and he went to TNA uh, went to WWE and the, the Bruce Pritchard tells the story on something to wrestle with because like yeah we were expecting the Chris Harris that was in TNA that was going to be a main eventer and we got Braden Walker mm-hmm. he was a very out of shape guy couldn't cut a promo do you know the the, the infamous uh, knock knock who's there promo from Braden Walker this first promo he had in WWE yeah I think there's a uh, there's a uh funny youtube video yeah so the the, yeah. the three disc anthology yeah, 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 yeah the very, best of the best of yeah that apparently took them all day to film and of like four different producers oh, because wow. no one could get him to deliver lines correctly and vince had to get involved oh wow and that's essentially that just killed yeah, his his, uh, his wwe career dead but chris harris in tna in particular was a fellow like that and the other one from tna is christopher daniels fallen angel He's sort of like the only one of that trio of Samoa Joe and AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. That was the Unbreakable. Yeah, the was Unbreakable the, the 2005. Famous, yeah. yeah, three-way match. That hasn't... I mean, I know he was Ring of Honor champion, but that almost was just like a, a token and a really, really well done, nice, feel-good, but it, it was a token championship run for the 15th anniversary show for Ring of Honor earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, he hasn't held any major promotion top titles and he was over to a point uh, in, in TNA when he was feuding with AJ Styles over mm. the TNA championship but they they never pulled the trigger on him he's just always seemed to be like it, it's you it's, Christopher James has always been like you're AJ Styles level but just not quite AJ Styles level mm. so you're just slightly underneath him and therefore we can't give you the, the championship which is a real shame because I think TNA in particular should have been a place where he could have won the world title and it really wouldn't have like damaged the title or anything like that well my my TNA pick was someone who I guess kind of looks quite similar at the time and that was Desmond Wolf who is Nigel McGuinness a man killed the by the Hogan Bischoff era yeah wasn't he just so he came in and he immediately went in a feud with Kurt Angle they had one of my 
favourite three-match series of all time. So good. We, we talk about it a fair bit. That's yeah, how yeah. good it was. Uh, and then, like, he just he just fizzled out. And there were health complications and medical problems around this. Yeah, yeah. Concussions and whatnot. But uh, just like how Wade Barrett came in and he was immediately felt like a main eventer, Kurt Angle did such a good job of putting over... Uh, McGuinness and McGuinness is such a good wrestler himself. Absolutely, but as soon as Hogan and Bischoff came in and they they just didn't like him, they mm. saw Abyss as the guy and they wanted to strap the rock because uh, Hogan even called Abyss the uh, the company's John yeah. Cena. He's going to be the guy that's going to take this company forward into the into the new uh, next ten years. I mean, I like Abyss. <laughs> but but you remember, he gave him the uh, gave him his uh, Hall of Fame yeah, ring. It was like yeah. it was like Green Lantern. What a great show. We signed two people to the Crap Gimmicks roster. We certainly did, yeah. And I didn't even get to talk about some of the other names that were on my list. Oh, honourable mentions. Well, yeah, we, we, we had so many... Well, we had a lot to say about, like... Desmond Wolf and, and the other TNA lot that we didn't even talk about some of the other mm. people that were on our lists of uh, champions that were ne- well great wrestlers that were never champions so who, who are you going to bring up then? Uh, well William Regal because there yeah. was a point in 2008 I think it was 2008 when he'd won King of the Ring and it really felt like he was being pushed into a main event feud with, with Punk and then unfortunately failed a drug test mm. and that, that kind of put him on the sidelines but it really did feel like they were building up to a, to a William Regal world championship run and I'd have loved that because I think Regal's so good. So I love Regal. I had Regal written down as well. The reason I didn't say him out loud though is because as we were talking about it, I was thinking, I really like the idea of your world champion, only one world champion, mind you, not brand split stuff, to be the top, top megastar main drawing guy, and the guy you put against him is either the guy you're building up for later or the guy who you think you can draw. You know, everything's Mm -hmm. based around what has the most main event uh, appeal. And... William Regal for me, I love William Regal. I love him. And I always did from the very first moment I saw him on a, Saturday, a Sunday night heat or whatever it was. And I think he is world championship material, not WWE championship material. I think it if was. You get my drift. I think that was the world championship yeah. he was going for because I think it was going to be against Punk mm. when he was champion at that point. But you know you know what I mean? Like as, yeah, a yeah, top, totally, as, yeah. as the promotion's top mm-hmm. title, I wouldn't have put him there. Yeah. But what? Well, yeah. Do you agree? Uh, well, or? Yeah. Well, absolutely. I, I do agree with you. And the other names I had down was uh, the British Bulldog because um, it's Davy Boy. We've got to go. We've got to put him down. And Jerry Lawler. Like it, it surprises me that Jerry like only had a WrestleMania match like very late on in his career. But there was that period when he was facing off against the Miz. That's we were, what I was gonna say. We were, we were just talking about Miz's awful championship run. The oh, the lone highlight mm. of his awful championship run was his feud with Jerry Lawler and that excellent ladder match. Yeah, on Raw. and they were building that all around that Jerry's never held the WWE Championship. And I thought, like, there was a part of me was like, I genuinely hope that Jerry wins mm. this because this Miz experiment has been a complete like dropout. So let's put the belt on Jerry and see where we go from there. I totally agree with you. That's a really good shout, actually. Uh, and it's weird It's weird that we would say that and we want like a 55, you know, 60-year-old man at that point in yeah. his career to but do it. But he was over like Robert. He was so good. That feud was, yeah. It was so good. It was the, as I said, it was the lone highlight of a dreadful championship run. Um, yeah. Well, uh, let's get on with some reviews mm-hmm. uh, to close the show with. From Colin from New York. Wrestle Ramble is life. Both Ollie and Luke bring it to the table. I don't know what it is, but they definitely got it. 
I listen to their podcast on my way home from college, and after an arduous day of academics, it is quite relaxing to hear these guys speak on one of my favourite things, professional wrestling. I have a small request. Since I listen to the podcast on the train, there's a lot of background noise, and that hinders my audio. Can you raise Luke's audio, is essentially. Stay groovy and stay swaft. Yours truly, a proud member of the Swaft Nation. Thanks, Colin. I think we Cheers, have we, we've taken that on board. We actually read that review a little while back, and we did mm. boost up my audio on that. I, what did, sorry, what was that? Very good. I um, I love New York. I, I have such a, a crush, a obsession, a, a just a pure love for New York City. It is the one place I really wish I could live. I absolutely love it there. It's so awesome. Every time I see it in a movie or like on a TV show, which happens a lot because a lot of things are set in New York, it just makes me want to go back there. It's what an awesome place it is. I'm like that with Swanley. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just that the Asda's so big. Yeah. Uh, uh, they've got a doors and window, door and window. Wow, yeah. yeah, impressive. Yeah, which Dave owns. He lives a couple of streets over. From my parents. I mean, I was being deadly serious about New York, but uh, it you was too to, serious. <laughs> it was too, but it's such a great place, though, man. I'm, I've I'm, never been. I'm jealous of Colin. Uh, Temmie, he might not even live in New York. Oh yeah, okay, so maybe he's just from New York and now he lives in Milwaukee. Uh, Temmie Chara says this podcast deserves more than seven stars, and they've got a an emoji of a star, and then the actual five star rating. So it looks like we've got six stars, but in the title, he did say more than seven. And you've given us six. But, you know, splitting hairs. I've been watching Wrestle Talk for a while now. And I'm so glad I've listened to the podcast. I've listened to you guys while exercising, drawing, etc. Speaking of which, if I were to make some fan art of you guys, where could I send it to? Uh, well, first of all, round of applause. Cheers, Temi Chara. Uh, but that would be to you, I'd imagine. Uh, yes, yeah, so I live on Jabroni Drive. Yeah, just down the corner from the Smackdown Hotel. Yeah. Uh, now, you, should, um, you should scan it. And send it digitally. I think would be the best <laughs> yeah. way. Uh, I think that's probably what they meant. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Uh, Twitter, obviously. Yeah. At Ollie Davis. At this is Luke Owen. Correct. That's a good place to send it to. Or Ollie at WrestleTalk.tv is the other. Any place any to send one of it. those. Absolutely. Oh, I'm, I'm worried now. They. What if it's like some weird hentai? Ollie and Luke oh, love fiction. Well, like, like Phoenix Wright and Miles Edgeworth mm. stuff that you see on the dark corners of Reddit. Yeah. Uh, Imager. But, so, yeah, as long as it's PG and won't disturb us too much, send it over, Chara. Thank but you very much. that's all we've got time for today. We'll see you on Wednesday for Raw and SmackDown, which is the go-home show for SmackDown. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's Hell in a Cell. Cell is it Hell in a Cell this Sunday? This Sunday. Blimey, O'Reilly. Well, love you. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.